When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics podcast. My name is Daniel. It's the kid HH. How's the whole friendly forensics trying to stay alive? We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on the social medias on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Talking Tactics. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review and we'll read it on the show. Also, if you want to help the podcast out monetarily, remember that we are on Patreon. $3 a month, you have yes, access sir. to Talking Tactics Extra. We're probably going to start doing some Football Manager 21 stuff whenever that drops. Ooh. And, yo, the access to PS5s where I live, not easy. I don't know when I'm going to cop one of those things. They're like uh, four-leaf clovers or something. They're, they're impossible to find. So I'm, I'm not really... But, but are you really, really desperate to get a PlayStation no no i'm actually i'm not i'm not desperate desperate like if if i really needed to get one i could get one but the point is i'm not going to buy a ps4 just so i can play fifa i might as well just save the money and get the ps5 so i can play fifa if you know what i mean or or why did you want to play miles morales the half black half latino spider-man i don't know why people are so dedicated to white spider-man when it's a white spider-man so if peter parker is mm-hmm. you you love Peter Parker so much, mm-hmm. but he's a man who can sling web from his arms. It's already so unrealistic that making it Miles Morales pissing people off makes no sense to me, because no, no, the it's, white it's, version it's the is already why they do it. beyond reason. No, no, no. It's the reason of why they do it. Forget about almost. You can name almost any superhero like the abilities are out of whack, but it's why they did it. They did it because of a very cheap cheap attempt of representation and diversity that here here black people here latino people here you can be part of this whole spidey thing too oh yay diversity we win if white people don't want it then that's one thing for black people to be angry i can't believe they changed him from black to white or from white to black who cares it's a spider-man you know He's it's, it's, Daniel, it's already gone cool beyond the realms of realism. Stuff. Like we, I know we, you're we, too cool doing book stuff, man, because this stuff you know it's too, you know, too sophisticated for stuff. Man. We've Let already us stepped. Enjoy it, man. Have, do, do I not make sense? We've already stepped beyond the realms of realism. You, no, you no no no. Okay, okay. Honestly speaking, you make zero sense. Like that's like <laughs> me being honest. You make zero sense. That's, I'll be honest now. You make okay, zero so, sense. okay. So let me let me try to explain this one more time. Once we step okay, beyond the right. bounds of realism, what does it matter what this thing looks like? Because it's already not human. You've the fact you've already said that means that you've already taken yourself out of the discussion, because this is the realm of fantasy that people are into. Right. So, so if you're not sort of couldn't sort of accept that, then there's no point in having a conversation. But once you accept that, oh no, people are really into this fantastical stuff and everything, and they have a affinity for the characters because they buy into the otherworldliness of it. That is where it's like, oh man, why would you change something that is so established? But if well, you no, can't no, get no. over we, that hump, oh, then what a world kind of no, have, have, have But we haven't changed what Spider-Man is. We've just changed what Spider-Man looks like. But, so, so, no, so no, Miles, no, so, no, so Miles no, Morales but, is operating in this fantastical place where he can sling web out of his arms and go from building to building and fight bad guys. But it's why are they doing it? That's the whole point. Is that why do they feel they need to do it? That's the point. Because all the superheroes have been white for like 80 years. Then create a new original black hero. Why do I you agree? Want to... Yeah. I agree with you. Like, I don't want a black James Bond. Although this is more based in realism. So I can actually, this point actually works. <laughs> or your point actually works against my argument. But I agree with it. A black James Bond is kind of ridiculous. And we are actually dealing in realism. So like, okay, Idris Elba goes to Russia. 
to stop a crime or to stop somebody taking over the planet? How is a black man meant to go undercover in Russia? How, how, so, you, so you go to one of these balls of fully white people and they won't stop him and frisk him? <laughs> so a black Jimmy like, Bond is, like, is, is the like, dumbest thing, man. You don't need a supervillain to stop Black James Bond, you just need like a TSA airport agent <laughs> to stop Black Bond. <laughs> Excuse me, Black man, please. Wait, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> like ra- racism is the supervillain in yeah, the yeah. Black James Bond movie. Because... Basically, basically, 007 will have to be calling HQ every single minute saying, you're like, I'm, I'm detained. Can you, can you please call? Or, oh, or now, like... now, Black people, pay attention to this. If you do want Black James Bond, what does this mean? This means the plot that the screenwriter has to write means probably that the supervillain is also Black because James Bond would then have to go undercover in Black places. So do you really want a Ghanaian supervillain or a South African supervillain? Although, maybe you could have a white South African and Bond goes undercover Ugh. In South Africa, maybe that. Hey, this might be a good script, but I don't think that's a Bond movie. James Bond is dated. It's finished. This 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 is the time for Ethan Hunt's Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise. Shout out to my mama boy. Just put more money in Shaft. Okay. And also, look, Sean Sean Connery was always the best James Bond man. So rest in know. peace. Rest in peace. Yeah, man. My dad started watching like old Sean Connery movies. <laughs> But Sean, Sean had some, some films, man. Sean had some films. Why man. do people do that, man? Like when somebody dies, or like, yo, yeah, let's let's I never let's go that. listen to their album or let's go watch their movie. It's it's, like, it's why didn't you do this when when, when it's like when a footballer retires and people get oh he was the greatest midfielder of all time. Like when Gerard retired, I just felt sick to my stomach. I was just like, he's not the greatest ever. You just like him, and he's gone from playing now, but he's not dead. Anyway. That is what Talking Tactics Extra is kind of like. So if you're into that, <laughs> it's an international break, guys. There's really nothing out here for us to discuss. So Half Hope has been doing marathon live streams, almost like he's, I don't know, are you raising awareness for something? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are you raising awareness for? Like five-hour stream, seven-hour stream? What's happening in the world that... Or what no, is it? No, no, for me, I, 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 I think like you know, I'm like, I've been trying to test myself. But tonight, how long can I actually go talking about football for? Twenty four hours. This, and, and and you know what scared me? After the seventh hour, I was like, this is, was actually pretty easy, because I was like, oh my, this is gonna be like hard. How am I not gonna get? I was like, yeah, this was like we could have still still kept on going. <laughs> that's that's the scary thing. So I'm like. So how long can I actually spend continuously talking about football for? I would guess, knowing you now, as long as it took to stay awake and to stay hydrated and <laughs> to keep fed. So if that's forty-eight hours, let's go. If that's twelve hours, if that's the hum, if that's the human limitation, whatever it is, you you're capable and. I don't know if this is a bad thing or a good thing, but the idea that you can have a circular conversation back to back to back and then make it new each time is like a skill in and of itself. So like you could have the Iniesta Visa Dan conversation (laughs) five times and yeah, there's similar elements, but they might be different each time. Mm. So that means you can have a day long conversation about Zidane V Iniesta and that's kind of a bad thing, but it's also kind of a good thing. Look, man, it's 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 no no. As I said again, it was it was an interesting kind of thoughts experiment of like, how long can I actually go just talking about football? No, half hope. Think about this. In two days, you spent twelve hours on YouTube talking about football. <laughs> that is literally twenty five percent of everything you did in two days was just football. Or just live streaming on YouTube. That but doesn't, the, and and that doesn't include previews, reviews, other videos on other things. See, see, see the, the, the thing is, as I said again, I have two two passions. There, there, there are two things that I could conceivably talk about for fall time is football and films. As in, two things that I have been passionate about ever since I can remember. As in, ever since I, I have memory is football and films. See, wrestling came and underwent. 
but consistently since I was five, six till now, football and films are two things that I've been passionate about. I really got into music passionately when I was like in my teens. So yeah, so, so because my thing is that like it's stuff that I think about and I daydream about like every day, just football, imagining different matches, you know, imagining dream scenarios and, and stuff. So it is just what it is, man. So so what have been I don't know your highlights of the twelve hours of streaming. Um, my gosh, like it's even hard to even pin. No, I mean, no, there were a few laughs. I think what was it called? Joseph Naji said, "My Nigerian guy who lives in Ukraine." What? That's, yeah, you you Ukraine. <laughs> Speaking of which, there's a I I'm, I've forgotten. I think someone told me. I don't know who it was that. There's a pastor, a Nigerian pastor who has the largest congregation, either in Ukraine or Russia. I don't know which one it is, but yeah, there's a Nigerian pastor who has like the largest congregation, um, like Christian congregation, either in Ukraine or in Russia. <laughs> hmm. So I was like, oh, wow, that's, 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 that's interesting, man. But you know, no, no, no. But look, we just talked about like, I think we were, you know, we had a deep dive into Barcelona, the whole, just the whole mess of people refusing to not take a salary cut. Would, ha- would they have been better off if they sold Messi? Would Griezmann have been better off if they sold Messi? Sell Messi, get a striker, get a new defense, change the form formation, put Griezmann as a supporting striker. Do you have a better team? Um, that was an interesting deep dive that we did, just amongst any all other random stuff that people brought. In. Oh yeah, talking about supposed to say best World Cups, twenty ten was trash. Apart from the Vuvuzelas, but it was trash. All World Cups are good, so you're just ranking them against trash. themselves right 2010 was trash no no no. 2010 was good like in it the was, moment no no it was good no, the, no 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 even in the moment i said no no this is it's not that good no the atmosphere was amazing because it, it's africa and also overzealous but that whole spain dominance thing you don't like well, because you don't like tiki taka then the winner affects the enjoyment so i'm sure get it right in, in the in the moment when you had like the France mutiny and all those types of things, <laughs> it was a fun time. Unless you were like affected by that, the fact that Diego Forlan was the only one who could figure out how to kick the ball and all these types of things, like Suarez handball. I I love the Vuvuzelas personally. The Vuvuzela, no, for me, I liked it because it just created. It was, it was it had a unique vibe. Basically, when when I just think of twenty, it's like. Was it? Wasn't that was 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 that the Maradona as manager one? Yeah. Yeah, they kind of sort of all run together, but come on, man. Twenty ten had its had its moments. Maybe it, maybe its high points didn't hit. Maybe like twenty fourteen or two thousand two. But but sorry, like the thing that doesn't bother me because I keep saying to people that that was the one World Cup final that I boycotted. I think I already told you about it because if Spain win, I I hated tic tic tac toe, and I was like that's winning just meant that oh my gosh was screwed. If Holland wins, the land of apartheid, you know so. <laughs> <laughs> Which was weird because, like, I wish that there was not the, the appetite angle wasn't there. Then I'd be like, then I would be like, man, Robin, I beg you, please, please, for the narrative. But I'm like, yes, I want Robin to win a World Cup. At the same time, Holland to win it in South Africa. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> I didn't think about that at the time. I nah, think nah, I've told nah, you nah, that I, before. Because no, I, I did all of the. I was like, oh, wait a minute, this guy's actually going to make the. Wait, could this guy actually win? <laughs> So what's what's been your favorite World Cup then? Ninety four, Nigeria's first World Cup, seeing Maradona for the first time, um, the whole Baggio thing, me making a song about all the Brazilian players whose names ended in O. It was just yeah. I mean, I think I think because it was the first my first World Cup, it was Nigeria's first World Cup. The kind of buzz around the country when Nigeria played Bulgaria in the, in the first game. And also because it's America, there was a kind of Hollywood kind of feeling about it because of the, how big the, the, the stadiums were, how the goals low looked like. Um, the Mexican keeper Campos, he's very colorful goalkeeping outfits. It was just and America had a great kit. That was a great, a great kit, and because it was like their flag on their kit, it was an amazing kit. So yeah, it was, it was, it was because yeah, that was also the whole thing of Escobar, where he scored the own goal and he got killed. Yikes. So it was, it was, and just, just how it ended with Brazil, Italy, the two kinds of stalwarts of world football, and then Baggio, who would have been the best player throughout the World Cup, hitting the ball over the bar. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, so that, that was my, my, my favorite for sure, for sure. So what was the best? 2014. Why? The quality 
of the games were consistently good all the way throughout the way it ended with that goal which is the best World Cup winning goal of all time was good so just the consistency of the games because 94 had a few games of, eh, but 2014 pretty much all a lot of the games because you know I always pretty much I, I watch all the games so 2014 I just thought the consistency levels of the quality of games really ran all the way through at a a, a good level Goodness, and it's 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 had the most infamous sporting, which is more infamous, seven one or Mike Tyson biting Holyfield. If you use the, the term infamy, then you may say Tyson, but I think the most okay, as as a sporting moment, how would you describe seven one? From a Brazilian context, it's like devastation. Yeah, from, no, a, from, 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 from a sporting from, context, from a neutral context, shock. So from, is that from a German context, dominance. So, okay, so basically, is that more shocking than Tyson Holyfield? Maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. Because when I think of Tyson, like the most shocking thing with Tyson was him getting knocked out by Buster Douglas. I don't know. 7-1, it's, it's hard to put it in a sentence. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's like, that was just, it was a where were you, what were you doing moments. Like, almost everybody can tell you where they were, what they were doing, and their emotions when they saw that. <laughs> you know. And 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 you, and you know what the, what the crazy thing is? I've been a bit more active on Twitter like in the last few years. I don't think I was that active on Twitter. And I don't think football Twitter was as sophisticated as it is right now or as vibrant as it is right now. So imagine if 7-1, let's say, happened in like, let's say... 2019, 20, so let's just say before COVID, 2018, 2019, the way Twitter would explode. <laughs> it did. I was I was there, man. Yeah, but see, that's what it's like. I actually don't remember being on Twitter to really sort of, because I sort of went there and like, sort of saw like the aftermath, but yeah, see, see, that's the thing. It, it wasn't as, it's, it's not as... Uh pronounced i guess as it is six years mm. later but no like i remember like people were going crazy <laughs> and it was the days of 140 characters it, you didn't have like yeah, a yeah, bunch yeah. of type so it was wild it was wild yeah actually, actually wait, let me ask you this then um, okay what do you think happens with pogba stays as man united leads for real madrid leads for you you Juventus. how do you think this this ends i think eventually he'll leave when when I saw the picture with him and Zidane when they were in I don't know where they were Dubai or someplace that looked like it had sunny places, um, that, oh so they're just kind of hatching a plan for him to go to Real Madrid. That's like the I don't know the conspiracy angle or just the the devious thought that's in my brain. Like yo, they're just gonna try to find a way to get Pop up with to Real Madrid, and then I guess Ollie was just kind of coming into finding a little bit of something. And when they started beating like all the, all the big teams, um, then they beat PSG and all of that kind of stuff. So maybe Pogba thought, nah, maybe I could stay another season. Let's see what happens. The project look like project looks like perhaps it's, it's getting better. Um, but yeah, they brought in Bruno and I think call outlined that a few weeks ago where just Bruno's kind of thrown a, thrown a wrench and everything. Um, at least for Pogba, because they occupy kind of the same space, and it seems like Bruno's just kind of—he's uh, not better than Pogba on like a one v one level. Like if you well, ask me, but, if, but more if, effective for for the team. If you ask me, who do I want? Like in in terms of like if we're playing five aside, or like if if you're in gym class and you go like I don't know, you have two captains, and then one person picks one, then one person picks another. I'd pick Pogba before I picked Bruno. But for Manchester United, it just seems like he's more effective for, as you say, just effective for the for the cohesion of the team or the function of the team. So, And you can't really play both. You can try, but that kind of puts Pogba in, in, a, in a bad way. So once you have all those developments happening, it just kind of makes sense that it's his time to go. And I, and, I, and I think he's at a price for Madrid, even if they wouldn't have done it in the past. Like, oh, he's too much. He's too much. They'll do it now. And Zidane will obviously back it. So just make it happen. Deschamps is already talking about, oh, he needs to play more. Pogba's like, I feel more at home. It's good to play with where I'm appreciated, all that kind mm. of stuff. So writing's on the wall, basically. 
I've always said, I've been saying that it's, it, it's, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. Like, you know, it is just what, what, what it is. You know, like, I say, like, look, Raquel is a superb player. Went to Barcelona, it didn't work. That doesn't mean that Raquel is a bad player. still one of the most amazing players I've ever seen. But it just didn't work. Sometimes an amazing player can go to a team and it just doesn't connect. I would, I would say Juventus would be the best move. But if it's Real Madrid, I, but I think Juve, him and Cristiano, I think that would, and Rabiot there as well, I think that would be the best move for him. Black Emoji says, what was the last great innovation in football? Actually, when was Play-On introduced? Because I actually remember when it got introduced of Play-On. It's basically when there's a foul, given if you still have possession, keep playing on. What, like advantage? Advantage, yeah. I don't know. Because I think cause I remember when that was introduced. Because I remember the time when it was, okay, if it's a foul, you stopped. And then, you didn't, and then I remember when they then said, oh, no, play on. And that, for me, was revolutionary. Revolutionary. Because I was like, oh, my God, like, the amount of goals that were now scored. Because, hey, we already have possession. We don't need to stop. Let's just keep playing. If we have, and if, let's say, we lose the ball in the next, like, phase or next second, okay, then you can then bring, bring it back. So Carl says... He he responded to the tweet. He said, "Var data analysis. I got caught between data and data. Data analysis boom. iPads and goal line technology. Data analysis. Data analysis. You've eaten two thousand one hundred and seventy-seven calories. You've ran off one hundred seventy-three in the last one minute or whatever it is. You know. Come on, give me and give me the eye test, man." Have you ever seen them with like the the kind of training bras with like the little thing that like uh, monitors their heart rate and all that kind of stuff? How is That's that data going to important. help Scornthorpe when comes to the Premier League? Could save somebody from having a heart attack, maybe. Um, no, no, no. Goal line technology, yeah. I mean, that was that's 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 pretty big. But for me, I was also if you were forced to pick one, play on. That was that was a big one. The last great innovation. In the sport, I think VAR. I think that's probably the most innovative thing. It's great, but not necessarily for a good reason. Does that make sense? How do you mean? You mean are you saying VAR? You know how some people get in trouble for saying like X leader is a great person, mm. and people conflate great with meaning good rather than great meaning consequential. Okay. So I think VAR could be a great thing or a great innovation for football, meaning it's highly consequential. But that doesn't necessarily make it a good great because I don't really care if your elbow is like a little bit offside. I I couldn't if if your sleeve, whatever it was, is onside or offside for me. That doesn't do anything. Like who cares? Mm. Well, obviously the refs do. So now they have the power of go to the video assistant. And he can decide, you know, we can take that goal off because, you know, your whatever was offside. To me, that's like, it's a great innovation. <laughs> but not great good, great consequence. So the consequences of having VAR are great, in other words. Did he? Did I see the back pass rule? Mm-hmm. When was that? 1990-something? Like early 90s, maybe? 91, 92? Oh, no, 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 early 90s, man. Oh, no, actually, no, that's hard to be... Google it. Read, share, and Google it. Let's let's learn together, guys. When was the back pass rule implemented? I say early nineties because I know Buffon started when it didn't exist. So that must Buffon wasn't wasn't playing in the early nineties. He was being trained in the early nineties. So I was right, nineteen ninety-two. Yeah, was the back pass rule was first used in the nineteen ninety-two Olympics, with the first game to feature. It's being ACV USA on July 24th. I know, I knew that. It was in my brain somewhere. Um, But see, that's not the last great innovation. It's a great innovation, but it's not Mm. the last great one. For for, for me, I'm sticking with play on. Research that date. When when did did Advantage become... The Advantage rule. Yeah. When did that become in vogue? Like, when when did that start? If you can't find it, that's fine. It was supposed that the rule was introduced in the year 1848. <laughs> well, that's a lie. <laughs> There's a possibility. Did you say like, 1848? 1848, yes. Thank you, Quora. Get the heck out of here, man. 1848. So basically, your rule was something you noticed, but it was always existing. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, I was kind of hesitant on that one because I was like, they didn't do that the whole time. But, you know, I was like, I don't know, maybe they didn't in like the black and white days. But I'll bet you it's something you noticed that had always happened. And you were like, oh, that's something cool that they do. Yeah, don't you know probably noticed as like an 11 year old or something like that. Yeah, there's no kind of dates, man. No, there's just nothing here. No. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you for that question, Black Emoji. Um, all right. Given Nigeria's four goal blown oh. lead against Sierra Leone, what is the biggest collapse you have ever seen in a football match from real ADAJ3? AC Milan. Champions League final because Miracle at Camp Nou PSG have always been, been losers so Ace Milan in a final to be 3-0 up at, at halftime okay there's there's lose. there's three that come to mind immediately so it has to be one of these three Champions League final which you mentioned PSG Barcelona and the first 30 minutes of the 2014 semi-final those seem to me like the just biggest collapse wait, wait, wait. first Absolutely. 30 minutes of the 2014 the World Cup semi-final Oh, 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 oh. They, Brazil collapsed. That's not really a collapse. That's just, okay, you've just been take like you, you you've you've been taken out. A collapse it is... It was 5-0 within the first three minutes. No, or no, the first see, 30 minutes. You see, when and I think of collapse... I think is Germany like, scored four goals. No, 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 no. But when I think of a collapse is like you were like US... I think of it like as a, a, a building. So you, you, it was sort of solid to begin with, and then it just slowly just crumbles down. That brother thing, it wasn't a slow coming down. It was like slash from the beginning. It was like an explosion to start off with, you know. No, was it? Like it started out. Oh, it was fine. No, 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 no. You could already tell that the something first, was fishy. They collapsed after the first goal. The first goal went in, and then, then it, got then, nervous, then, then, it, it was totally down. And then it was two, three, four, five, and then. They got they got it they got it a little bit back. They had a few chances. Then six seven. <laughs> it's been no no. It's it's between it's between PSG. The fact how fast two three four and five came. It's 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 between PSG and Milan. I'm saying for for me I'm PSG saying Milan. two three four five. That's my biggest collapse ever, at home in a World Cup. Biggest collapse for me. You messed up. You fucked up. <laughs> But half hope has a different definition and a different answer. So, no, no, for, for me, I, I would still say it's. Um... Wait a minute. We're going to give it to Barcelona for losing to Liverpool? Or are you going to say the Anfield crowd losing it at home in that fashion? Maybe there's a little bit of an excuse there. That's for it, me. For me, it's, it's, not, it's not a collapse. They were up 3 0. You just got to be. For me, a collapse is you started something and then you then lost it. Well, see, no. For me, a collapse is like it just went left fast, nah, quickly. Nah. Something bad happened, but we so, can't explain see, it. No, no. For, for me, Milan is like, hey, it's where we were, and whoa, whoa, oh my, oh, what the fuck. You see, know? for me, I would, I would more consider that like a flop, or just like a failure. Oh, if you give me like the greatest failure, definitely Istanbul. You give me. The biggest collapse of just like where just what happened, I can't explain what I just saw. Brazil gotta hold that L. <laughs> Brazil gotta hold that L. Um, no, okay. Is that the worst collapse you've seen from a Nigerian team, or would you not classify that as a collapse? Um, I don't recognize who those guys are. So like I don't I don't I don't count them as like is there one redeemable enough. soul that was on the pitch or Everybody well, just you don't recognize them. After Osime went off injured, that's that, that's when things went when went went left. So maybe he was the the lucky champ, man. But um, yeah, look, as I said, it's it's um it's 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 embarrassing, trash, disgraceful. Otto van von Bismarck. Otto van Bismarck. Was he like a German prime minister, chancellor in like the eighteen hundreds? How the hell should I know that? Or Prussia. Somebody look up Otto van Bismarck for me. Was that the Tsar? I think Tsars are Lenin. Russia. No, that's Russia. Lenin, got, definitely, that's Russia. Who got, who, got, who got clapped by an ice pick? Who got what? Someone got clapped by an ice pick <laughs> during the, the Lenin times. No, trust me, they, 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 they did. I don't Is know. Is it true chef? An ice like pick? 
Yeah, like I, I was like the whole Rasputin still skin thing. Is it Rasputin? Like during the Rasputin days? I'm not sure. Um, I've never heard of somebody being killed by ice pick, but hey. Killed by ice pick. <laughs> well, if you're gonna look at okay. Yeah. I knew it's Trotsky. Really? Trotsky. Yes, Trotsky was killed by an ice pick. Yeah, I remember, I remember this in history class. Yes, ice axe used to kill Trotsky. Ice pick that killed Trotsky found in Mexico. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Found in Mexico. Otto von Bismarck was a conservative German state, statesman who masterminded the unification of Germany in 1871 and served as its first chancellor until 1890. Well, there you go. Yeah, thank you, Ben McManus. Yeah, with the yeah, Trotsky. Why are we looking up people from the 18... Just guys, who cares? Um, but anyway, Otto van Bismarck asks us, please talk about Hakim Ziyech. And he puts a kind of smiley face with like the red cheeks near a Moroccan flag. I no comment because Why we, no I, comment? because I know that if I speak, people say that I will jinx him and I will and I will curse him. So <laughs> hold on, <laughs> I gotta find this video. Well, which video? Not to speak. If I speak, I am in in big trouble. <laughs> in big trouble, and I don't want to be in big trouble. Well, there were many incidents in the game as well as the red cards. I mean, <laughs> That's basically Have Hope's answer. Have Hope prefers not to speak because if he speaks, he would be in big trouble and he does not want to be in big trouble. But why, why would you be in trouble? If you trust your eye test to such a degree that you will shun statistics for your eye test, if ZS passes the eye test, then stand on your truth, bro. Leave the edge to breathe and to live. Newcastle. 12.30, Saturday. Yeah, I I don't really go for the whole hyperbolic, he's going to be the greatest this, he's going to be the greatest that. You know, uh, Chelsea have always needed, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm just happy that Chelsea have a left-footed player on the right wing. That's all I've ever wanted for, like, 10 years, maybe. Oh, they've they've finally sweet. done it. So thank oh. you to Roman Abramovich, Marina yeah. Granovskia, Frank Lampard, Jody Morris, the rest of them. Maybe even Petr Cech. You think Petr Cech came in and was like, guys, uh, let's get a player that, that actually needs to be on that side instead of trying to shoehorn Willian and Hudson-Odoi and Pulisic on this side. Let's actually get a left footer. They, I, I'd like to give Cech credit more than anybody, given the options that are that are available. But um, yeah, let's wait and see, which I think is what Half Hope is trying to do. I think Half Hope has maybe learned his lesson from Hazard. So yeah, let's just be patient. And um, patience is key. I, I think we all know what we're seeing. So what's understood doesn't no, look, have to be said. Look, everyone knows that the guy's a baller. Everyone knows that the guy knows how to play ball. So it's just about him applying it. But it's like you know. Ever since I laid eyes on the Ajax, I knew he was that dude. <laughs> what? Just sounded like a like a rom com. Oh. <laughs> Ever since I laid eyes on him, I knew. <laughs> like oh, he's, I, like I, he's I, Jennifer I, Aniston from the nineties. I, 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 I knew he was the one. I knew he was the one. You know, it was, it was at, at first I was like, "Yep, that's it." I knew he was the one. All right, someone gave us a question, but there's a picture of Doctor Umar in it. Oh God. So what's happening here? It's, it's not even football related. So here we go. From Jax365, I went on a Denzel Washington binge the last weekend, and he is the most underrated actor, or and is he the most underrated actor of the previous 30 years? He's hardly ever mentioned by any critics as an amazing actor. What? Not sure that's true. Also, what do you think of these two pictures with Dr. Umar, which I already showed to have hope off camera? So wait, 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 but quickly, the Denzel thing for me, I don't, maybe you're not in movie conversations. He's consistently named as one of the greatest actors of all time. He's consistently praised as a top actor and he even had a, an a, AFI lifetime achievement, which they don't, which they, they don't give to any riffraff. So I watched Crimson Tide, Tide. this morning, just because. Oh, is was that with Gene Hackman? Mm-hmm. In, yeah. In, oh, great, really good film. Submarine really films film. are great. I don't know. I think it's the lighting that they do. Wait, you have you seen Hunt for Red October? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another Sean Connery film with yeah. uh, one of the Baldwins. I like Baldwin. Could have been the other one. 
No, 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 I'm not, trust me, I'm a... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm like in my mind. I'm like, it could have easily been... Oh, no, no, trust me, I know, because, because, because I know that film. It's, 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 it's the famous one, like Baldwin. Yeah. Um, but they look alike. They're brothers. So I always look at but you can, you can tell the, the difference, though. And also, this I, is, there's one that's in, in a lot of the big films. There was one that was really in Usual Suspects, then fell off and became... How many are there? Are there three or two? There are... Or four? Wait, one... Four. So Damn. basically, one is very well known. One, his biggest thing was Usual Suspects. Another one was mostly in like softcore kind of sexual kind of films. <laughs> and another guy was mainly did TV stuff. So... <laughs> So okay, what are your favorite? We we've we've done this. I swear we've done this on Talking Tactics Extra. But just for the people who haven't paid attention to Talking Tactics Extra as yet, what are your your top three Denzel films? I'm putting you on the spot. Wait, so favorites or ones I think that are his best for his acting? What if I tell you top five and you make a blend? So like you weight them of your favorite plus okay. his best performing actors, his best performances. So so. so- is this in, in order or not in order? Whichever is easiest. So probably no order. All right. In no actually you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do it in, in order. Let me let, let me do it. So number five, I would say training day. Number four, I would say um gosh what's Glory. Three, I'll say Philadelphia. Um number okay. two, okay. I would say um Roman Israel, Esquire. Uh-huh. And number one, Hurricane. My top five Denzel films. See, I think I'm going to go by enjoyment. Because Denzel is just Denzel. So the acting is the acting. So they're all just good movies. So my top five Denzel films. I'm going with Devil in a Blue Dress. Give me Inside Man. Oh, yes. That was good. Give me Malcolm X. Give me The Hurricane. And Antoine Fisher. Oh, okay. But like it's Denzel, so tomorrow will be another list. There will be a new list. <laughs> no, 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 mine, mine is set in stone. Mine like I didn't even say. Wait, when last did you watch Philadelphia? Within the last year. He is very good in that film. That's a performance that people just overlook. It's Philadelphia. Mo Better Blues is amazing, but mm. I, I like that more for like the Spike Lee-ness of it rather than the Denzel-ness of it. Oh yeah. Um. And I like Malcolm X more for the Malcolm Xness of it than the Denzel of it, but you know, they picked him to act in it, so it is what it is. Yeah, as for the Umar stuff, I mean, that's that's for an extra, guys. We don't have to get into D R U M A R right now. All right. What is your analysis of the Euro twenty twenty group stage draw? Well, twenty twenty one. Has the group stage already been made? I don't know. It's Euro Aren't they still figuring it out? Like, I know Scotland got in. From what I'm seeing, unless you can give me a link, who was the first inside forward? I would argue Robin. What? Who was before Robin? There was no other inside forward in the history of football? Not like a Brazilian from back in the days? Or... Who was before Robin? Tell me. Who? Who? I just doubt the first inside forward. Cat Williams, I'll wait. Was 2000. I'm really bad with pulling players like off the top of my head, so I don't know. But I doubt it's Robin. Like again, you give me like thirty no, no, minutes. No, you, you can't just say that I doubt, and you can't just give me. A name. So, oh, there must be one. No, if there's one, name one. If you can name one, it's 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 Robin. I would say Robin is the most recent one the two of us can think look, of. Look all this guy saying it's Robin, my friend, because before then people were playing as traditional natural wingers, man. It was Robin. Um, Why do people make excuses for Paul Popper just because of his talents when people like Jordan Henderson work harder and apply themselves better? You see, here's the, the thing. What conversation are we having? And this is just where you have to just be real here. If it's about who is better, it doesn't matter how hard you work. All because you work hard doesn't will never make you better than a player who just has more ability than you. Now, who is more effective at how that's a whole different conversation? It's like the whole Messi-Ronaldo thing. Cristiano can work as hard as he wants score as many goals, he will never be as good of a player, technically, footballing-wise, as Messi. It will never happen. So we have to be clear about what conversation we're having. Right now, who would be more effective for my team? I might say Henderson, but then again, an argument could be said that if you create the perfect scenario, I'm always going to choose Pogba because Pogba can do more. 
and can, and can give me more and can do things creatively that Henderson can't do. Henderson in England just looks like a guy from the road. <laughs> Henderson on the club, oh, wow. By the way, Ben is actually giving us the groups. Oh, yeah. So, so where did he get this from? They made it in 2019 before Euro 2020 happened, but okay. they still needed to okay, make let the me playoffs. Ask, ask this. Okay, so this is where I'm confused. Yes. What is the purpose of the Nations League? I thought the Nations League is 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 that's I thought that comes to seeding for the Euros. Or is the Nations League just completely different? And so basically, I think that there are Euro qualifications and there's the Nations League, two different things. No. How does, the, it, how does the Nations League impact the Euros? I think the winner of the Nations League gets an automatic pass into the European Championship. Kind of like if you win the Champions League, you get in the next Champions League. Or if you win the Europa League, okay, you so, get into the Champions League. So I think that's how that works. So, basically, so, so there are no qualifications then? It's everything is through the Nations League? No, 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 no. There are qualifications for, for Europe. It's just that there, there were a bunch of European teams playing friendlies. And friendlies don't attract any attention. So UEFA decided instead of you guys playing friendlies, how about you guys just play what you would already play, but we're just going to organize it and make it a tournament. And mm-hmm. the benefit of this tournament is you can kind of move up the tiers that we have. And if you get in the top tier and you win, I think you get automatically qualified into um, our tournament, which is the Euros. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the benefit. Other than that, I'm not sure. But as you know, like Euro 2020, that was already decided in 2019, the draw for it. The the only thing that needed to be filled in were the two or four playoff things. So that's why Serbia and Scotland had their thing. And I'm sure there's other teams that I've forgotten about. But yeah, so I'm I maybe all of the all of the groups are now settled. So there's no more playoff. Okay. I think you know, you know, now. You know what? I think now I remember. It's just because COVID has just been so, now. Because I remember this: mm-hmm. Portugal, Germany, and France. Yeah, you know, you know that's wild. Netherlands. See, De Boer might be one of the worst managers of all time. Do you know how bad his record is? Wait a minute. I have another video. You keep talking. Yeah, De Boer's <laughs> record is horrible. What? Why do you think Frank De Boer is so bad? Because he's a good footballer, or at least he was. Him and his, him and but, his yeah, but, but, yeah, but look at Mar- Mar- Maradona, man. He, he, he didn't do, do too well. Like, great footballers do not necessarily make great managers, but yeah, he is just bad, man. You know, I Should think this is, this is arguably yes, the worst. This is the nastiest thing I think I've ever heard a manager tell or say about another manager. I read something, uh, some, some quote from uh, the worst manager in the history of the Premier League. Um, Frank De Boer, uh, seven matches, seven defeats, zero goals. Um, <laughs> where he was saying that uh, it's not good for Marcus Rashford to have um, a coach okay. like me because uh, the most important thing for me is to win. If he was coached by Frank, he would learn how to lose <laughs> because he lost every game. <laughs> you know that could have single-handedly ended the De Boer's career, man. That is a beatdown. That's why he's my goat. That is why he's my goat. That are, it's the meanest thing I think that I've ever heard. That is a beatdown, man. Seven matches, seven defeats, zero goals. <laughs> but do you know how insane that's... Because do you know what, what, the, what the sick thing is? And see, this thing about Holland, have to be careful. Holland, don't allow sentiments to block it because he was... An amazing player, he just might just be a really crap manager. Jose, really bad. Jose deserves a wheeler. Yeah, I mean, that is a seven. I read something, uh, some some quote from uh, the worst manager in the history of the Premier League, um, Frank de Boer. Uh, seven matches, seven defeats, zero goals. Um, <laughs> zero goals. He was saying that uh, it's not good for Marcus Rashford to have um, a coach like me. Because the most important thing for me is to win. If he was coached by Frank, he would learn how to lose. <laughs> because he lost every game. <laughs> it's because he lost every game. Basically, like if the ball was to see him, he would he would he would he'd punch him in the face. Like that's, so, that's a beat down. It's so rude. But it's true. Seven matches, seven defeats. 
Zero goals. So basically, if 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 Rashford would be listening to me, he'd be learning how to lose. It's true. It's true. Jose was was he was correct. You know, could we not have always said like Mourinho is the best thing to have happened to football? Like, that man was a professional coach. People don't appreciate Mourinho. I don't appreciate Mourinho's impact on football because like there are no personalities in in football. Everyone is so boring and so safe. Everyone is so boring. Seven matches, seven defeats, zero goals. <laughs> uh, if he was coached by Frank, he would learn how to lose because <laughs> he lost every game. <laughs> Who wins a hot dog eating contest, Hazard or Higain? Higain. Why would you click on that? That's a very rude question. <laughs> Look, it's it came out to it, it. It just sort of just bowed and um, you know jumped jumped to my face, man. So. Is Frank the boy in the Brick Academy? He should be. You know what, my friend? I may have to create a specific wing for him. Seven matches, seven defeats, zero goals. Because of that, he's he's still losing. So he so he, he so he's losing at club level, losing at international level. So I think that's enough to to build a, a wing. I, 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 a, a wing will be constructed. I shall save up money for a Frank the boy. You know? Okay, no, this is this is a good conversation. What is your favorite Mourinho insult? Do you have one? Because there's, there's Mourinho moments, not insult. There's, a, there's, there's the voyeur, the specialist in failure, seven defeats, zero goals. What he did to Jamie Redknapp, where he sarcastically called him like a brilliant football brain. <laughs> they asked him, like, could you explain how you beat Liverpool? And he was like, Ask Jimmy Redknapp. He'll explain to you everything. He's a brilliant football brain. Ah, where are you, man? He's, I don't know. The one-liners are too much. He was like, I don't know. They asked him something about Johan Cruyff. He was like, who's Cruyff in this game? <laughs> he, just, he disrespected Cruyff. He was like, "Who who is Cruyff in this game?" And this was this was Mourinho, I think, after winning the Champions League. So he was just so fu- he was more full of himself then, like when he was like young at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, bro, I'm European champion. Like, you can't tell me anything. So this is like for me the goal. You see, this is when I said, "Okay, and the refs were cheating." Basically, yeah, yeah. like the, <laughs> it's a symbol of him being handy. Oh, yeah, it's okay. he can't say anything because everybody was, was, was against him, man. That Here's was my the, Twitter header for like at least a few months. You see, see this is the thing is that Mourinho, remember, was never really a professional player. Have you, have you seen the footage of him playing, by the way? No. Like, it's him and his coaches, and he like, he slide tackles someone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. So, 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 it's it's him and Bobby Robson, Ozzie and all that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, he was never a player, so I think, and he's always said that he's always felt... As he's always had to do more to prove himself, and whenever you have that kind of chip on your shoulder, because you're like, well, you never really played the game, you never blah blah. blah. So you always feel like if you have to do it tw- twice, three times as, as as hard, because he doesn't have that kind of advantage or that in of being this talented player, which sort of Pep, because see, Pep was a pretty damn good player. Like he wasn't the best in the team, but he was good, you know, and people knew that. So for me, I don't know. I've got a sort of standout. And how I can stand out is my personality. And when you know that you're already like a few steps back because you never really had any kind of um, impact on the game as a player, a professional player, how you can sort of say, hey, notice me, is like your personality. So which is why his his personality comes from that chip on his, his shoulder. And I said again, like football has never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like like the way this guy just came in, the kinds of things that he said, the way that he said it. It just sort of enhanced this game that we love already because nobody in football says anything. Everyone just says the same old stuff, you know. Like it's only really him, Ibrahimovic, maybe Muller, Tony Cruz, <laughs> maybe Muller, <laughs> Cruz hating on Obama and Have stuff. you ever watched the old videos of? Like Brian Clough. I've seen some clips. He did something. Like he got hired by, I think, Leeds in like the the 70s or the 80s. And he was in charge for 44 days. Like, so he was Europe, he was the he was English champion. Mm. 
and he took over from a from a guy who went to go coach the Don Revy, I think was the name. He went to go co- manage England. Mm-hmm. So Leeds didn't have a, a a manager, so they hired Clough, and Clough basically came into a, a team that had just won the league, and was like, "You guys don't play good football. You can win the league better." And that basically got the team pissed. So then he went on TV and he was basically like, yeah, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. And then they sacked him or they sacked him. And then he went on TV and explained on TV, like why they sacked him after a month and a bit. Mm. And then he went to, I think, Nottingham Forest and obviously like, you know, won a couple of European championships. Definitely the 70s then, because I think he won those European Cups in the 79 and 80, or maybe 80, 81. But either way. Mm. Like he had, like Mourinho has a bit of that, especially in the English context. I think they're always compared in terms of like a manager who would, who is kind of happy to go on TV or happy to talk with the press. I don't think Mourinho is happy to talk with the press, but he is a showman mm-hmm. in the sense that I don't want to be here, but since I'm here, I have a mic in front of me. So I might as well make this enjoyable. Uh, here he enjoys it. You think? Yeah. I get the sense from Clough that like he enjoyed the media, them asking him questions and him going on television. Was something he wanted to do. Oh, no, Mourinho, no, 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 Mourinho like, does. He does. I, see, I, I think it's like because he again. It goes back to he. This is his thing. This is him saying, "Okay, this is his time to sort of shine." Because mm. he was never a player, he's got to sort of say, "Okay, this is me, the manager, and this is my bag. This is my arena." Because again, remember, people can always say, "Oh no, it's not the manager; it's the players." That's won you those those things, but by him really going out into the media and really creating this image, this kind of character, you know, whatever you want to call it, character or not, makes people say, "Ah, oh, this look at this look at this guy's character, this this guy's personality. Oh, he's so funny, he's so amusing. Oh, he's so controversial." Man, I can now see the kind of impact, which is why like Mourinho was like the first of the kind of manager renaissance. Before Mourinho, who cared what the manager was? Really, the only people that talked about it, the manager was Fergie, but not to the degree of Harry Redknapp wasn't out here. No, no. Like, I think no, no, basically Mourinho put a great spotlight on the manager, unlike mm-hmm. before. You see, Fergie was just mainly about hey, and look, this football guy and everything, but he wasn't saying anything dynamic to the press. But Mourinho came in as such a dynamic guy and everything that's like, oh my gosh, look at what this guy is doing, blah 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 blah. And then now the focus was now about, oh, who is the manager now? What does the manager now do? So if you could get one interview with somebody in football, who would it be? Would you think choose Mourinho or would you go for like maybe? Wait, uh, right wait, right now, dead or alive or just for right now? Well, they have they would have to be alive, preferably speaking English. But, you know, maybe you could get a translator. But I'm just like thinking, would you go for like, I'd want to talk to Mourinho for an hour Oh, Maybe Mourinho. I'd want to talk to a Pele for an hour or... Pele, Pele would be boring. Let's, Ronaldo? Let's, let's Pele would be great. Our interview with Pele? Bro, how was it being black in the 1950s doing he's what you gonna, did? But he's, he's never gonna, been asked that question in his life. No, 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 but Pele, Pele comes across to me as very political. As nah. in he'll say He's an old man. Of, he'll say the truth now. Uh, but see, from, from what I've heard about Pele, he's, very, he's like an ambassador. So he'll have he'll he'll give you a very kind of safe kind of answer without really going into any kind of. Would you want to talk so. to Maradona? Would you want to talk to Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, oh, is, Mourinho? Look, I've always said like one of my dreams, which obviously will never happen, but it is what it is, is to sit down with Ronaldo and ask. I just want to ask Ronaldo one thing. I'll probably even tweet tweet this out. I want to ask Ronaldo one thing. <laughs> Did you know? Do you realize how good you were? That's all I wanted to ask. That's all I want to ask Ronaldo. Just, just to sit down, lose and Did you know and realize how good you you actually were? <laughs> you know, that's it. I'm sorry, I read the comments. I think a Pele interview would be actually pretty good, man. And ask him about like you know, if you had like the training regimes of today, or I don't know, if you were an 18 year old today or not even 18, like a 16 year old today, you think you could do what you did against these types of defenders, knowing what you know now? Like, I think that would be a good one. I don't know. But I think I'd definitely go for Mourinho, although that, that could be slightly intimidating. I'd be more in, that's like the most intimidating interview I think I could think of, just like sitting in front of Mourinho. Like, I've seen him in person. Like, he's not, he doesn't feel like a warm person. 
in a sense. Like he's just very cold. And maybe that's just him on the job. It's like, yo, if you fuck up with your question here, like he will like give you shit for it. Let's let's take one more question. Now let me ask you a question. Do you ever see a scenario where football becomes like American sports in terms of advertising? So there are ads during matches. So you know how you have like an NBA, NFL, whenever there's a stop, ads, stop, ads, 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 any kind of break in play, they shove ads. Do you think that that would happen at any point in football? I think it'll be tried. I don't know how, if it will last, if that makes sense. So for instance, let's say you have a World Cup in 2030, whatever. And they decide to put it again in a desert or something like that. So let's say there's a there's a World Cup. They decide to put it in Egypt, which would be pretty cool, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a World Cup in Egypt, but you know it's too hot outside. You know it's like 35 degrees or 40 degrees or whatever it is um, Celsius, guys. Um, and we don't feel like scheduling it again for the winter because the last time we did that in Qatar, it didn't work. So I could see them trying an idea where they do, instead of playing 45-45, they go 30-30-30, and they split up the 90 minutes. They basically divide 90 by 3 instead of dividing it by 2. And within those two breaks, you could have essentially another ad break Rather than just having halftime, you would have, in theory, two halftimes. That could be one way. And if they did that, if they did 30, 30, 30, like three periods, maybe that would trickle down into European football or, I don't know, somebody would maybe try to take advantage of it in that sense. Because once it's done, somebody could just repeat it, um, even though it would have been done for like a unique, special scenario. Also, I could see there's a VAR review that's taken one minute, two minutes. And they already kind of do this in golf, sometimes in tennis as well. They will split the screen. Or, you know, if you watched NBA, you know, when like uh, when someone's shooting a free throw, they'll split the screen and you'll have maybe on the left, you can still watch what's going on in the game. But on the right, they'll sneak in like a 30 second advertisement for the television station or Gillette shaving sticks or I don't know, you want a McDonald's and ba-da-ba-ba-ba, like, you know. They'll, they'll, they'll sneak it in an ad. So I could see that. I'm loving like, it. I could see them maybe trying that. But a scenario where the game is still happening, like the clock is counting, and they remove you from that and they just put an advertisement full screen, I can't see that happening. I think they'll do split screens for the drinks breaks. So, for instance, if you look at, if you look at the StreamYard screen right now, mm-hmm. let's say your pitcher is the game. Yeah. So they'll have the game going. You'll see the players being coached and whatnot. Mm. And then where Talking Tactics is, mm. that'll be like McDonald's or Visa or Coca-Cola yeah. or some bidding, betting no, 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 company. No, no, that's what they, what they do. So, please, see. so Sky Sports, you know, when they have, like, let's say, the, the guys all like with the anthem or shaking each other's hands, they go into a break. But BT Sports do a split screen. So you can mm-hmm. still see, see the guys shaking each other's hands and then it's, in split screen, they, they show like an an ad. Yeah, so I think that's as close as you'll get to it. Yeah. Where, But the aesthetic and the idea that's just been projected from time immemorial is, bro, like there's no adverts as such. Like you're never going to break the play. And they would, again, they would have to change the laws to where the clock stops. And the clock doesn't Ew. stop. Ew, gross. No, no, no. I said, I said, no, I don't, I don't want the, the, the clock to freaking stop. Oh, <laughs> I thought you read something else. <laughs> no, 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 I don't, I don't want the So, yeah, that's why I was saying the only way that you could really kind of do it is it's too hot outside. We can't play 45 minutes at a time. So 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. And in that, you've created a second halftime almost, mm-hmm. although it's not halftime. But you've created a second stoppage. If anybody watches NHL, for instance, like how they do it in hockey with periods, maybe you could try something like that. But it would have to be for some weather reason. And I thought they would try it with this one, but they just moved it to winter. So, or 2022 is what I mean. But yeah, that's the only way you could stop the clock again. 
because the math actually works. I don't think you can divide 90 by 4 and make it work because it would be odd. So you can divide it by 3 and you can divide it by 2. Bro, if they if they try and mess with football, man, because that's my fear. This sport is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And these American people or billionaires are going to be like, you know what? Let's mine this bitch for all it's worth, man. Yo, you could. Let me. 15. They would never do that. There's no way they would have like 15 minutes six times. Do you think that's possible? Because there's technically. Anything is possible. Think about it. Technically, there's already a provision for 15 minute segments of a game. If you think you're in the World Cup knockout round or your knockout rounds or Champions League, for instance, it's 1 1 on aggregate. No away goals have been scored. What do they do? We play we play a 15-minute half, essentially, of 30 minutes. You stop the game, commercial, or advertisement of some sort. Then 15 minutes comes back. So there's people already do kind of do 15 minutes at a time. Nah, man. That's, that's, that's horrible. <laughs> that, that, that would be... That is when you would have it essentially destroyed for football. Yeah, oh, of course. Oh, of course, of course yeah. Like, yeah. I, I would not support it. I'm just saying... I could see someone trying it, like a fifteen minute, fifteen minute, fifteen minute. I'm, I'm, I'm not with that. If you're listening with your kids, block their ears, right? But when did you find no, out open that the ears, Santa man. Claus wasn't legitimate? I always wondered why, he, why he wasn't Nigerian. I was like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so it must have been towards my teens. <laughs> Why was Santa Claus being Nigerian? He lives in the North Pole. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just say, like, I think, um, no, probably when when I was around my teens, around my teens, teens? Was, they let you go to thirteen, fourteen. To be honest, like, see, it's like wait, I can't remember the precise moments when I knew oh, that. Oh, they did you dirty, this, bro. This 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 old white dude probably doesn't really exist you know did, did you have a chimney in your home in london yes Not you in see, nigeria okay firstly my Chimneys parents don't exist in nigeria as i've told you before my parents were strictly religious so santa claus didn't exist but <laughs> why was he because he was like a, a wizard sorcery <laughs> it was more like i don't know like i remember rem- Satan's claws. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, hold that thought. Hold that thoughts. Best Christmas film. Go. Die Hard. Fuck. It isn't a Christmas film. First of all, let me just say. First of all, the best Christmas film is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Die Hard is not a Christmas film. It is an it is an action comedy that just happens to take place on Christmas. The story does not revolve around the theme of Christmas, so it's by definition cannot be called a Christmas film. Die Hard Two kind of revolves around Christmas. Yeah, but the focus is really on he do this in an airport trying to just kill some terrorists. Man, so, <laughs> you know. Well, that's okay. My favorite film that has Christmassy things in it is Die Hard. I don't know, man. I'd have to look at a list. I don't. I don't. I don't have a Christmas movie off the top of my head, actually. Oh, yeah, no. we lived in an apartment, so there mm-hmm. were a bunch of kids who thought Santa was coming down their chimney, but I was like. We don't have chimneys. <laughs> so it's just, does Santa have to come into wait, the but, door? But also, like, how it doesn't was, make sense. Wait, how does he fit through the chimney? That's what I never understood. It's like, no, that's if magic. he comes down a chimney, oh, magic. If he comes down the chimney, wouldn't Santa be... I'll save that for off camera. <laughs> or, or you mean like with all the suits and, and, and everything? <laughs> well, yeah. Wouldn't Santa be in blackface? Yeah. <laughs> And then, because I, oh, Bobby, Santa's black. <laughs> okay, okay, guys. All right, this has been the Talking Tactics podcast. How much of this will actually be in the Talking Tactics podcast? The whole thing, the whole thing. Because it it's, it's a special edition, special no, edition, the whole be. thing, the whole thing. International uh, break, international break. How could his <laughs> fat ass fit through the chimney? Don't fat shame, man. But that is true. There's like, he's podgy, he's got a big belly. It is physically impossible, even if he was to suck his stomach in, 
to fit through a chimney. And even if he did, he'd be in such bad shape. I don't know how he'd even have time or the physical wherewithal. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet this out. How would how does a dude get down the, the chimney full of suits, remain white, his beard is white, and puts presents back down, goes back up the chimney, then leaves off a reindeer? And <laughs> no, you, you, as as children, you accepted that bullcrap no, story. This is the, the problem is Wow man. If one man did that once, maybe for one man to go down chimneys, maybe I can even accept that. How do you get up through the chimney? Because gravity's go. helping you get yeah. coming down. Going up is one thing. But then across the whole world, how do you have presence for the whole world in one sleigh? Ch- children must be f- stupid, man. Old white dude. A chubby old white dude is going d- up and down chimneys across cities, putting in presents. Every house. Every si- every in one night. House. <laughs> <laughs> in one night. And and Christmas and Eve. and he's eating he's eating cookies and drinking milk in every house. <laughs> this gains three thousand pounds <laughs> in one city. Then goes to the next city and does the same thing. <laughs> what kind of what kind of weirdo is this? So every single year, you just go around people's chimneys. It doesn't make sense. So anyway, <clears throat> this has been the Talking Texas podcast. We do this podcast oh, every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on social close, medias. Bull crap, man. Remember to follow us on social media, Talking Tactics, Instagram, Twitter, all the same. If you're on YouTube, remember to subscribe, hit the like button, all of that. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Uh, leave us a five-star review, and we will read it on the show. I still need to explain to you Shakespeare, by the way. Um, Ooh, thou dost to be on. Shut up. Shut up. The, Shut up. The fact that you did that, I have an explanation for it. Oh, he's so influential. My God. Wow. Get, get, get the heck out of here, man fake news oh the only dude who existed at those times Shh, absolute bullcrap i will explain romeo and Ju- all all will be explained Daddy, all i don't care explained. what you explain romeo and Juliet. it ain't that great a story it's high it's cool i've read i've read better stories it's i'm, sure you, have. I'm sure you have i'm sure you have but i'm trying In to rap Shakespeare. can i rap though can i Thou rap dost. though um yeah man. check us out on patreon if you want more riveting discussions in your life um everything is everything three dollars a month so yeah, have hope. Where can people find you on the internet? Havehopefulwarhope.com. I'm at Daniel to look, and we will see you guys next week. Talking Texas podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Not this week, but we will see you next week. Peace, peace, peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.